Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southcombe and before we get started, I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Of course, we appreciate it if you subscribe and give us a review, let us know how we're doing and hopefully we can make it even better for you. Today I'm joined by our rugby writers here at Wales Online, Simon Thomas and Andy Howell. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello, how are you all? Good, good, good. Good afternoon, Matt. So obviously we've had the big news uh, at lunchtime today. Wales have named their team to face France. Two changes to the start in 15, a couple of changes on the bench as well, uh, and a few players keeping their places and coming through uh, a few injury scares. So let's start with the changes then. Uh, Gareth Davis comes in for Thomas Williams to start at scrum half. What do we put that down to? What do we make of it? Well, there's a couple of changes. There's Gareth Davis and Ross Moriarty. And there's a common factor there, isn't there? Experienced. And they're, they're two men with a lot of international caps behind them. Um, they've come in for young men who've done really well for Wales over the last year to 18 months in, in Thomas Williams and, and Wayne Wright. But come a big test against the Six Nations leaders. They've gone for two things, really. They've gone for experience. And I guess they've gone for people who, in the last couple of games, have made impact on the bench, particularly Moriarty's come on and done well. He, he seems to have been rejuvenated, you know, under Dean Ryan. Um, interesting that he selected at a time in which his wills and the future in terms of where he's going to play as rugby is up in the air. Will this perhaps uh, selection encourage the chances of him staying? You hope so, because he's an important man for Wales. And Gareth Davis, of course, was the number one throughout the World Cup, throughout the, the Grand Slam as well. So it's a kind of return to that. That's been a close one all the way through, hasn't it? It does strike me a bit of experience. Physicality has come to the fore in the two selections. Do you think it's harsh on Thomas Williams, or was this always coming after a bit of an off-colour day in Dublin? But I suppose yeah, I, everybody was off-colour, weren't they? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, because Thomas Williams is a top player. Gareth Davis came off the bench in Ireland and he ran up a lot of blind alleys. Obviously, he wanted to prove a point because he won in a team. There was a, couple of, there was a couple of instances where he was on to shift the ball and he dummied and tried to go himself and he ran into an Irish wall. Uh, Thomas Williams, there's one area of his game which is a work on and that's defence. He's not a great defence uh, defender at the moment. We saw that in the World Cup. Uh, but the you know his, his game with the ball is uh, is good. And, you know, Gatland, Warren Gatland, the former Wales coach with Lions coach, has talked to him about being a potential uh, uh, Lion. I'm not buying that argument about uh, experience. He's got quite a bit of experience. And I'm certainly not about Wainwright because Wainwright was a key man during the World Cup. So what they have gone for, I think Simon is dead, right? They have gone for aggression and physicality. I think if you look as well, um, the game in Ireland, I mean, Thomas scored a try, but there were two key issues defensively there was obviously the missed tackle um, on Lama he wasn't the only person to miss him but he was you know ploughed through by Lama for the try and then he dropped the ball ahead of the mm. of the second try you know very unfortunate kind of thing that happens you know 99 times of 100 he takes that ball great hands as we know um, but you know it's cutthroat business international rugby isn't it and Pivak got in, in his quotes to do, along with the, the team announcement has talked about the energy that Gareth Davis has brought now because he obviously missed the first game through injury against Italy. Reese Webb was on the bench there, but he's come back in. He's brought energy off the bench against Ireland. That's how they see it. Same thing with Moriarty. So I guess they've looked at who's you know delivered what during the minutes they've had on the field and they've gone for these two guys. It's what selectors stand or fall by, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, we're, we're Gareth Davis as well. It depends what defence system Wales use against France. If they use him like Wales were using him Latterly under Gatland, which was a spot runner from scrum half to put pressure on Antimac in this case, outside half is that, you know, that could be a factor bringing him in. But, you know, Wales have been so far under pivot defending a bit differently. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how they use it. Do you think as well, both with Gareth Davis and Moriarty, going back to that physicality, you've got two players there in Dupont and Intermac that if they're allowed to control the game, the confidence will rise. Young men with huge talent. Gareth Davis, Gareth Davis perhaps to get into Dupont physically, also put pressure on Intermac with flying. But we've not seen Gareth Davis, obviously under um, Wimpevac starting. So is he going to be given that same license free reign to shoot up out of defence that he did under Sean Edwards? Well, we don't know that. You know, but they need to get at in and a mark. I don't think that Gareth Davis is going to have any joy out of Dupont because Dupont is this physical specimen in his own right, and he's arguably already, to me, he's arguably already the best scrum half in the world. Mm. You know, I think he's better than Alan Smith. So, what kind so, of pressure can you put on Dupont? Well, you've got to put pressure on him. But if at the scrums, you've got to put you've got to have the put the French under pressure at the scrum, so you, so you can get at the scrum half. You know, it's a lot more difficult to get scrum half these days because the laws have changed. Like at the breakdown, you know, they can have their hands on a ball, you can't touch them. It's not out, and all this sort of uh, uh, nonsense. And obviously, with the lineup, French lineups not great, man. If Wales can put pressure on their lineup, and there's some bad tap downs and all, you've got to get through and try and smash him. The other interesting one, of course, is that alongside Gareth Davis, you've got Dan Bigger. And it was interesting when we were looking at the press release just before we came down to do this. And WIU, Wales Management, have made a you know, specific point of making a, a note about Dan Bigger's treatment, how they've had, I think it was referred to, you know, a renowned sort of specialist being brought in to sort of be involved in uh, the return to play protocol. So they're keen to point out that absolutely everything has been done uh, to put the focus on player welfare because we, we all know it's, it, he said this was his third concussion in, in around six months. But just great news that he's been past fit. We've seen the pictures of him in training. And given the injuries elsewhere at 10, it's a real boost to Wales. And his again, his experience would be vital in this game. Yeah, if I just hope nothing happens to him and he has another concussion, I always say, you know, there will be a lot of flack flying around. They can have it, you know. I suppose you can only go through the tests and pass yeah, the yeah, tests yeah. that you're given. Yeah, I accept that. We're not uh, specialists, obviously, medically. But, you know, as, uh, as we've seen in American football, it's been proved concussions can have uh, uh, detrimental effects on the long-term health of people. I suppose the other thing, Matt, interesting in the team selection is the retention of Nick Tompkins because um, obviously he had a great start to his international career against Italy, a bit of a back-down-to-earth bump against Ireland. Owen Watkins subsequently comes in as a fine try-score in return from injury. But they've decided to stick with Tom. Is that what you would have done? Ant? I, I got to jump in here. I got to try and control this show, otherwise I'll just put my feet up. Hmm. Let's let's before we move on from this. Let's get to the nub of it. Is it safe for Dan Bigger to play this weekend? Well, if he's passed all the medical tests, you assume it is. Yeah, but you know, the proof will be in the pudding. If he has, if he does have another concussion, then people will be asking a lot of questions. Not just us and people in Wales, but people in the wider, wider rugby world will. As well, I guess you have to just go with the medical expertise, and they're saying it's safe for him to play. Therefore, you back that judgment. Like you said, we're not experts in that field, are we? All right, then let's let's move on to to Nick Tompkins. Then is he lucky, Andy, to replay, retain his place? You know, he had a rough day in Ireland, but I know speaking on the game line yesterday, our live Facebook show, you were calling for him to keep his place because you felt it might send the wrong message if he was dropped. Yeah, because uh, that was his first start, and I don't see how he could. Uh uh, just drop him after that uh, first start. Yeah, he found a uh, Robbie Enshaw was a handful and uh, tagged him, but he did get better as the uh, game uh, went on. The only alternative, uh, really, uh, was Owen Watkin. Had a really good game for the Ospreys last week in his first match since early December following knee cartilage uh, surgery. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm surprised perhaps that Watkin is not on the bench for this game. 
but uh, but I but they suppose they're going to cover centre with George North. They've got him on the right wing. Um, but Tomkin, I think he deserves another uh, another chance, and he will be up against it in this game. As you know, when you look at the French centres, Fico and Vakatawa. Vakatawa. There's our French pronunciation <laughs> specialist. What, they are both. They are handfuls. Well, it's interesting though that the word, the whisper. You know, we'll find out soon. The whisper from the French camp is that um, they're going to move Fico to the wing. Um, because good news for Wales. Damien Penno is not is still not here. Paul Edison, who covers French rugby, was reading his report last night, and uh, that seems to be it was not a very popular move in France by the sound of it. Putting Fico on the wing. Are they going to drop Teddy Thomas? Um, well, well, no. It'd be because the winger who came in for Penno got injured. Rates, he is it? broke his oh, femur. He broke right, his leg. Yeah, yeah. Rates broke his leg. The so the guy who came into the centre um, last time, who was brought in off the bench for, the, for their opening game, he's going to start with Vakatawa in the centre. It looks like, and Fico's going to go. They've done it before occasionally with Fico on the wing, but I, I think it does I reduce his impact. Mixed success, I think. Yeah, yeah. Vakatawa though, uh, in that quarter final in the World Cup, uh, Owen Watkin played opposite him. Came in at the last minute for Jonathan Davis, although he probably had about a day's worth of notice before we found out. Uh, hand, you know, Vakatawa was a handful that day, uh, but I felt Owen Watkin sort of held his own there, which made me consider whether or not he was going to come in for this game. It, you know, I know you've touched on it that he, he couldn't have really done a lot more, but given the joy that Robbie Henshaw managed to get out of Nick Tompkins, are you a bit concerned about that matchup? Yeah, but yeah, potentially. And I thought that uh, I think this is a really conservative team selection from uh, Pivak. I think he's more worried about, uh, which I think has been highlighted by Wales talking about the scrum and a French scrum and all that. I think Wales are talking about the opposition, which means they're worried about him. So, uh, yeah, Watkin, what Watkin is, is a really good defender. He's very solid and he's reliable. You know, maybe he needs a bit more pace in attack, but he doesn't let you down defensively. He's good and he's good stripping the ball and he does a good uh, matchup. So I'd be surprised if France are not targeting Tompkins in this match. Well, Henshaw went after Tompkins from from minute one in Dublin. You know, welcome to international rugby. Um, I I have mixed feelings about it because he he was exposed defensively a little bit in that first half, but I did think his, his defence improved after the break. Yeah, he, I think he grew into it. Grew into it. And he offers a lot in attacking, wasn't it? And actually, if you look at the team, the retention of Tompkins is the one thing that's, that's not conservative, actually. Mm. That's that, because that really is a selection based on going for someone's attacking ability over the perhaps still questionable defensive ability. I mean, one thing we know about Owen Watkin, very reliable, very solid. But then again, he's only had the one game. So mm. maybe they feel best thing for him to do this weekend is go back and play for the Ospreys and then come into the equation for the last two. Yeah, with uh, um, with Tompkins as well. You know, he, he does play for a top club in uh, Saracen, so it's not as though you picked him from uh, you know from the bottom end of the Pro 14 or the bottom end of the Gallagher Premiership. You know, so he is he's, he's proven on a big stage. They are bottom. Huh? Well, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not in terms, not in regards to ability. You know. Sorry, I couldn't resist yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was an own goal. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, he is a good, you know, he's had, what I want to see from Nick Dong is, oh, is him more on the ball in this match because he, he Wales never got him on the ball in the last game. Now, maybe that's because their problem started up front. They were under pressure and therefore they had to use uh, Adley Parks to try and uh, force his way through it inside centre and, and set a target for the pack. 
his yeah. uh, second phase. So just the Ospreys have named their team. Owen Watkin is starting at outside centre. And Adam Beard is starting at lock for the visit of Leinster this weekend. So that brings us on to our next talking point. Um, uncapped Will Rowland on the bench. Uh, Wasp second row. I haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, mm. Obviously, this is his debut. What can Welsh fans expect from him and what do you make of his inclusion in the side? Well, he's physical. He's athletic. I've spoken to Dai Yang about him a little bit and um, he's someone who's really sort of come on leaps and bounds at Wasps. He's no he's no spring chicken. He's, he's 28 years old, you know, but um, having sort of seen the quotes from him, you know, I think he's very proud to get, get the call from Wales. He's through his father's. Um, oh, that's just up from Pont of Fife. Yeah, he is, yeah. So it's going to be a very proud day for him. Um he is a physical specimen. Uh, a little bit surprised because, you know, I thought Beard played well at the weekend for the Ospreys. Beard had a really good game at the um, weekend. And do you need Beard? Beard is a, is very good at disrupting opposition more. It's a bit like Luke Chartres. French are good in that side of the game. He's got telescopic arms and all. Maybe it's the ball, <laughs> ball carrying element, possibly. Well, you know, Beard did well at the World Cup and all as well. As um, mentioned. But in the, last season, Six Nations, he's a Grand Slam winner. But again, going back to the quotes from Pilger, he's talked about, as with all of these, the energy the guys brought in training. He's been impressed by what he's seen. He, he clearly didn't just put him in the squad to make up the numbers. He wanted to have a look at them. And this is the opportunity with Corey Hell injured. So. <laughs> Yes, Andrew. If that's the case, I'm laughing because the, Andy's just thrown his arm in here. If that's like the he's case, he's got on the squad to have a look at him. Why isn't Will Griff John starting a tight dead prop then when Wales have had scrummaging difficulties? Well, well, all I can imagine there is that they've had where they've had Rowlands in camp and they've decided yes, he is ready to take that step of international rugby. They've looked at Will Griff John and for whatever reason decided that that's not the case. And beautiful link from Andy Howell. Dylan Lewis is the next point on the agenda. As you've touched on, Wales. Have had scrummaging problems. They've come out in the press this week quite strongly. Uh, Jonathan Humphreys has gone after Ty Furlong, uh, accusing him of destabilising scrums in terms of his angles. Uh, Wynne Jones went one further with France and said he expects him to cheat at the Principality Stadium on Saturday. They clearly think whatever's going wrong is not their fault, which is probably why Dylan Lewis is starting again on the weekend. Well, this is classic uh, deflection exercise from uh, from Wales. John, this is exactly what Jonathan Humphreys used to say when he was Osprey's forwards coach, and he had problems against, uh, most notably against Leicester in Europe. He used to always moan about a scrum not uh, uh, being square and not being driven straight, and nothing ever happened because people just cheated a scrum, whatever. I'll bend the rules. And it's how the ref, ref refs it. Every ref has got a different interpretation. That interpretation could change during the match. I don't know why Wales are complaining. Win Jones, I'd be surprised if he knows the entire French front row because yesterday in the office I asked that question, name the French front row played in the first two championships and I think a couple of people got one guy. And that's all because they are rookies. They got 20, I think it's 25 caps between them. Uh, Wales' front row got 120-odd or something. So why are Wales worried about a French front row? How many of those has Ken Owens got, Mike? Yeah, he's got about 70 for Wales. Yeah, the other pair have got uh, 20-odd each. Yeah, he's yeah, like 24. Yeah, so they are far more experienced than the French. French front, uh, scrum hasn't been great this championship. It's also a work in progress. Mm. Uh, Wales should be uh, should be telling the world about the positives in the Wales team, not moaning about the French. Well, they did go on to the positives. They're painting a perfect picture. We left the veil, me and a few other journals calling them Picasso on the weekend because all they talked <laughs> about was the perfect pictures that they want to paint for the referee side. Our columnist, uh, Wales legend Graham Price, called it laughable. Um, what have you made of the, the, the scrummaging issue this week? Which is nothing new. Wales have, been, Wales have had issues in terms of the way they've 
wanted to get messages across about the scrum for a while now, right? And they, I think there's a, there's a degree they, they're a little bit sensitive that it's perceived as a problem. And this isn't something that's happened overnight. If you look back to the, the pre-World Cup games, it was the big talking mm. point of the scrum. Now, when you talk, when you ask people in the Welsh camp about that, they will point out to the fact, oh, well, new, new rules of engagement were brought in. We, we, we followed them exactly. Other teams weren't. We had to then change. And when we did change, things improved. So I, I've sensed throughout this period, really, both, both kind of... Um, management setups there has been this defensiveness on you know they're they're on on attack about the scrum really aren't they mm. and they want to get a message out there i remember before the first game when we in perfect's first press conference you said all we want is people to scrimmage straight it's clearly a mantra it's something that they probably discussed about the message they want to get across um before the island game the after a few issues again against italy there was all doom mongering about the scrum i actually thought the scrum was a lot better than a lot of people had expected. Um, unfortunately, there's just that one key scrum, 63 minutes, and Wales on the attack, pivotal moment of the game, and Dylan Lewis was, was penalised for collapsing. Now, n- none of us around this table have played top level uh, any rugby, <laughs> but we're certainly not top, certainly not top level scrummaging, right? Now, I watched that. I've watched that scrum a dozen times. One time, first of all, I think yeah, it's because Dylan Lewis is feet too far back. He's perhaps a bit um, fatigued. Then I look at it again and I think, oh god, I know, kill coin seems to be hinging there. That's where the pressure is coming from. You look at it again after what's been said this week by Humphreys. You start to look at Furlong's angle. At the end of the day, Andy's right and Graham Price is right. You get away with what you get away in the scrum, as, as, just as you get away in the breakdown. Wales clearly want to get the message across that they want straight scrummaging. Because that's how they feel their best chance. Graham Price or Dylan Lewis in that particular scrum. There was a scrum and it was reset. So Poir, the referee, went round Dylan Lewis's side of the scrum to look at it. And Pricey, Lions legend, record 12 Lions caps in a row as a prop, said that the same thing happened at that scrum. Dylan couldn't take the weight because he was so tired. And he went, and you say about Kilcoyne engine, Kilcoyne hinged because Dylan. Your first thing you do, Price, he said, if you're tired, is you try and avoid the weight. So you go in yourself. So he said Dylan went in because he couldn't take the weight rather than resisting the weight. And he went to the ground and it was the correct decision. Furlong's on the other side of the scrum. What I find surprising, Wales are moaning now about uh, uh, Furlong. No one had any complaints about him when he was lying starting prop in doing a drawn test series in New Zealand in 2017. And I suspect he will be in Warren Gatlin's Lion squad and could well be their starting tight head in South Africa uh, oh, next I, year. I, I think if people complain about you as a prop, it's usually a badge of honour, isn't it? Because yeah, it, mean, it, it means you're causing other people problems. And Wales ain't the first team to moan about Tyke Furlong either. So uh, to take Simon's point, then <laughs> you know he's obviously doing something right. He's very, yeah, very, he is. He's, he's a very he's good player. He's, he's very, well, yeah. one of the best players in the world. He's arguably yeah. the best tight in the world. I mean, going back well, to where we... Well, maybe not scrummaging, mind, around the field and all going, that. Going back yeah. to where we started in this, I, I would have stuck with Dylan Lewis for this. Mm. I think I think I've watched Dylan come through from when he was a young lad, 18, 19, and he has improved as a scrummage in no end, yeah, particularly yeah. over the last year. And I think, what's the alternative? I mean, it's it's Leon Brown, because I, I get the impression that they don't feel yet, because they put such an onus on conditioning, don't they, and fitness levels to play at Test Rugby. Griffiths John has come in, he's already had partial training sessions. They clearly at the moment don't see him as someone who's ready to make that step up. So you've got two kids there, right? And they're both getting game time at the moment. The one we miss, obviously, is Thomas Francis. People don't really, and now we're starting to realise just how important he was, because well, yeah. Dylan was great coming off the bench, I thought. Mm. But I think this this whole experience, 
Netherlands is going to be fantastic for Dylan yeah. Lewis's development. Yeah, you say for kids. Let me just point out, mind that two of the French Front Row are kids as well. Oh, yeah. Big kids, so. Big kids. Why, why are we suffering? Yeah, I'm accusing you now. <laughs> suffering from an inferiority complex about the French. Oh, what complex? Inferiority. There it is. What's going on? <laughs> All right, now moving on to. Jacques. <laughs> moving on to the French then. Um, the French haven't won in Cardiff for 10 years. Wales have won eight out of their last nine games against France. They have not enjoyed this level of dominance over the French since the early 19th century. Stats. Should we be confident this well, weekend? My concern would be, you just wonder how many times we can rely on the French messing things up for themselves. They've imploded, because the last <laughs> twice we played them, they've imploded. Well, Vahamahina's not playing this time, so... And in the Six Nations last season, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's well goes, it goes, it goes back further than that. There's been, I remember Liam Williams profiting off a, a calamity. I think the last time they were in Cardiff in the Six Nations, that they have shot themselves in the foot so many times against Wales. You just wonder, at some point, you know, that they're going to be a bit more error-free. And if that happens, with the ability which we're seeing coming through, I mean, they've got kids there in that back line at half-back who are just looking so good at the moment. Yeah, they've got big back, dangerous back row as well. Big yeah, and dangerous uh, back row. Charles Olivon, so impressive, you know. Uh, however, they are work in progress against England. England finished strongly. England were poor that day. And some of their big names, Satoji, Owen Fowle, never seen him make so many unforced errors, a bit like the Thomas Williams one against Ireland. You know, they dropped the ball repeatedly. And it was one of those days, but if it, not, that match had gone on another five minutes, England would have won that game. French still don't look the fittest in the world, and they still work in progress. I, You know, I spoke to Sean Edwards last week. He said they went backwards a bit against Italy defensively, and um, Italy give them a lot of problems, far more, far more than I was expecting. Uh so, you know, I think they could be vulnerable, but the key to this game is getting off to a good start. All right, and, need- uh, and getting on top of their young kids and the crowd playing their part as well. Let's hope the crowd is louder for this match than they were against Italy. All right, now we need to rattle through these because uh, you, ni- you guys need to get on to the, the game line, our live Facebook show in a few minutes' time. Before we do, though, I want to cover off one point, Si. Sean Edwards, how much of a factor is that? Sean obviously knows the players very well. Worked with them for 12 years. Um, how much of a problem is that going to be for Wales? Well, it's a problem because he's a world-class defence coach. But I suppose if any group of players know the strengths of the Sean Edwards defensive game and they're in the weaknesses, mm. it would be this Welsh group of players. And I think what encourages me is that the way Wales are looking to play in the Pivac, which is heavily reliant on an offloading game, I think that was the way that Italy got some joy against France. Yeah. with Minotti in particular with some of his flicks at the side door we saw the try against Thomas Williams two offloads gave that try um, and that's got to be the way to get through them keep your arms free because you're not going to miss many one-on-one tackles with, with, with Sean because you'd be scared to death of going in the, <laughs> in the dressing room afterwards if you did so the offload is going to be a lucky <laughs> alright before we finish then, Wales online columnist Mike Phillips has got Wales winning uh, by a couple of points on Saturday very quickly Andy what are you thinking? I think in Wales, I agree with Mike, and I think I think it'll be pretty tight. But I think Wales can win this game, and uh, re- they've got to win this game if they want to retain a championship. They're out of it if they lose. Si, what do you reckon? France by one score. Ooh, okay, there it is. Then, all right, Wayne Pivak is holding a press conference, <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking very scared in the studio. Uh, Wales, uh, Wayne Pivak's got a press conference now up the Vale. We'll be racing up there this afternoon to bring you all the latest from that, and of course, the build-up to Wales against France continues, and we'll be bringing you all the live updates, all the reaction and analysis on Saturday on Wales Online. <laughs>